as you know, this is the, uh, the first Sunday of Advent, and I'll be speaking along that theme, the theme of hope today. Uh, but before, before I, uh, I do that, I just want to mention that we also will be uh, celebrating communion this morning after the message. And so if you can just keep, your, keep that in mind, that'd be awesome. I, uh, I, I made you a, an Advent calendar. I hope you enjoy it. Um, my wife says, where's the present? And, and actually, the, what's really missing is chocolate. And so I, I'm sorry, I just didn't feel like I could come up with a way to make sure everybody got a piece of chocolate. I suppose there's a way. There's always next week. You never know what'll happen. Um, yeah. Welcome, Liliana. Everybody's looking at the baby. She's here today with her mom and dad. That's awesome. Yeah, Advent, I I didn't really grow up celebrating Advent in in our churches that, that I grew up in, but I have come to really enjoy uh, celebrating Advent. Uh, it's a 1,600-year-old celebration of the Christian faith. And... Uh, it has helped millions of Christians worldwide, and here it is, reflect on the birth of Jesus, his first coming, and to look forward to the day when he will return and restore all things as they are in heaven at his second coming. And the point is to turn our, our attention away from all the consumerism so often associated with Christmas uh, onto the one who came and will come again. And that's, that's what Advent is good for. It helps us just to focus our minds, and uh, uh, of course, we know in our head, I, I suppose that okay, yeah, Christmas is all about Jesus. But then, throughout the week, we walk around and we listen. And my wife and I were just commenting. We were, we were listening to uh, holiday music on our on our TV this week, and we finally ended up turning it off because it like the, there wasn't one song about Jesus in there. It was. And, you know, so we talk about how Jesus is the reason for the season, but it's all bombarded to us, you know, hoping that, you know, maybe Jesus gets half the, you know, the story of Jesus gets gets half the attention, but not even anymore. It's it's quite interesting to see. And so as as the church all around the world and through history, they have uh, they have done that. And this is the one time when we can find common ground with other believers from different faiths. Uh, faith, different faith groups like, you know, all the different denominations and the Catholics, the Orthodox, and, you know, all the different churches that they all believe in in the birth of Jesus and they celebrate Advent. And so it's, it's great. We're part of something in history and we're part of something uh, bigger than us all around the world. And the word Advent comes from the Latin form of a word which means coming. And the Latin, as I've been told, is Adventus, but so it's Advent, and that means the, the coming, the, the first coming of Christ uh, to Bethlehem, and the second coming of Christ, which will be the end of the world. And then in between, the Lord comes to us, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit too today. The, the Lord comes to us in our weakness and in our, throughout all of our trials and so forth. God is with us. He gives us his peace. He gives us his love. And it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so the theme that we've chosen for Advent this 
this year is what the world needs. Today we're talking about hope. The world needs a lot more hope. And next, next week, God willing, will be the subject of peace. Following that on the 16th of December will be the subject of joy. And during our Christmas breakfast, we'll have a program and there will be a short version of a message on love. And so those are the four different themes of Advent. It, it's good for us just to kind of look, look, towards, uh, look towards Christmas with those different themes. But if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps... Um, that is that is uh, real bright, but I guess uh, that's what's needed. Okay, you can I can see you now. Yes, the angel, right? There's no angel here, but actually, there's there's two visitations, and I was thinking about this this gal named Mary, and uh, she was she was young. She might have been a probably was a teenager, and. Uh, she was probably, I'm just assuming that she would have been maybe illiterate, but not ignorant. She would have grown up and had memorized lots of portions from the Old Testament. And she knew the law, uh, like the Ten Commandments, and she knew a lot of the Psalms and, and they, they, the Passover and the stories of Moses and, and David and all the different, you know, and the, the story. Of, she probably liked the story of Ruth because it was a, a, you know, a gal sim, similar to her, and and so, uh, you know, she was she was there, and you know, and and there was this sort of idea, this kind of dreamy idea that that young gals would have about, you know, maybe one day I'll have a baby, and that baby will be the Messiah, and that had been going on for hundreds of years, and then he, here's Mary, and she's got a a, a husband or a you know, she's engaged to a guy, and she's kind of looking forward to her life and realizes that, you know, my life is going to be like this, and I'm going to get married, and we'll have kids, and, and I, my husband's going to be a, a carpenter, you know, and I'm going to be sort of in this maybe lower middle class kind of an, a level of, you know, finances, whatever, and we'll live in a house. My It'll be a nice place because my husband will be able to do it, and and, you know, just kind of, have, she kind of had things mapped out at least a little bit, you know, in her life. And you know how, well, a lot of you are women. You know how young women kind of dream about the future and all of that. And I don't know, you know, guys, we dream about the future too, but maybe different. But here's this, here's this gal, Mary, and all of a sudden, she's visited by the angel Gabriel. That's, that's quite a deal, just kind of invaded right into her space. And she had all these ideas, and, you know, basically they were all just de demolished, really. And not in a – demolished is probably a bad connotation. <laughs> they, were, they were changed. <laughs> all of her ideas about the way life would be were changed. And so here's, here's the, the thing. She had some kind of a – I think it was her distant relative, Elizabeth, at the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and that's the one – the mom of John the Baptist, right? Uh, God sent, and I'm in Luke chapter 1, if you're following along, Luke 1, 26. Uh, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And so, you know, it's quite a, it's quite a background she had. And, and uh, so Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And, you know, she might have had some ideas. You know, they were under occupation by the Romans. 
very, uh, very, very strict and, and violent. Uh, there was some justice, but it was very harsh in lots of ways, and it was a tough life being in occupied territory. And so, she, you know, she's, she's thinking about all this, and I'm favored? You know, I'm just sort of, you know, back in the background in this little town, you know, outside of the sort of the mainstream of life. And so she's, uh, verse 29, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. And the angel said, listen, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And she, that's a, a repeat. So that's, I guess, obviously, it was very meaningful. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great. And we call and be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Now she had heard all about David and all the prophecies about David, and she was really amazed by this. And he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. And she's, you know, women are very practical sometimes, and she said, How can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, this is going to be a miracle. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Wow. What an amazing experience for her and for us. Because it happened just like, like the angel said. And, you know, this, this kind of invasion into, into someone's life, just, it happened throughout Scripture, and maybe you've experienced different times where God has spoken to you just like right out of the blue. I was, when I was young, I, uh, uh, I expected, I anticipated I was going to be going into engineering, and I, I grew up, and my, my dad and my grandfather had a manufacturing business, and that's kind of where I was headed, and and I was sitting in church, and all of a sudden, I felt in my spirit that God spoke to me, and he said to me, you are going to be in the ministry. I have my hand on you. I was 16 years old. It changed the course of my life. Maybe you've had experience of where God has spoken. Maybe God introduced you to somebody, and your, your whole life changed, uh, you know, uh, just all different kinds of experiences that we might have had but uh, here, the, you know, God came into history, and this baby that was born of Mary became the Son of God. And it didn't happen the way they all thought. Here it was, you know, I'm going to give him the throne of, his, of David, and he's going to reign over the house of Israel, and it's going to be great, and his kingdom will never end. And there's Mary watching her son die on the cross. What an amazing story. There was another story that uh, happened to a fellow named Abraham. And again, we're very we're used to him. And, and he was a guy, he was, he was sort of from a, the area where Iraq is. He was kind of like an Iraqi, I guess. Uh, and, and he traveled and he moved around and left his home and, and went up with, to be with his uncle uh, in, the, in the north. Uh, it's sort of the, the fertile crescent, they call it. And he was staying with his, his dad and his uncle. His dad passed away. And then God spoke to him, and he, he had to go and just basically 
he was in a caravan. He was homeless, didn't, know, didn't have any place. He lived in a tent. And, and there he was. He was outside, and, and he was getting up there by this time in Genesis chapter 15. And the Lord spoke to him and said, listen, I've, I, and he had a vision. And Abraham, he was, you know, he didn't have any kids. He and his wife had been wanting kids all, for many, many, many years. He was in his 80s or 90s. I can't remember exactly how old he was at this time. But I know that he was in his 90s when his son was born. Uh, at some time later, this is Genesis 15, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, Don't be afraid, Abraham, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. And Abraham, it's interesting, God wasn't talking about a kid, a child, or, a, or you know, descendants. God was saying, look, I'm, I'm your God. You know, I will protect you, and I will reward you. And Abraham, he... He thought, well, that's, that's okay, but what I really want is a son. What I really want is, is children. And Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? I, 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 can, I get it, you know, because like I was telling you earlier, I have this list of stuff that I wish was different, but I really should have a list of stuff that I'm really grateful for. I have all these when I have all these blessings. I live listen, we live if you live around here, we live in the best country in the world. We live in the best so you know a lot of nods and of course there's people I mean maybe you'd like to live on the beach somewhere, but we do have a beach. It's just not always very warm. <laughs> we live in the best place within Canada, any better place in Canada than here. I mean, there are nice places out there. And, you know, I've been to Winnipeg Beach, and it's a great beach, you know, for a month and a half in between mosquitoes. But it's, it's great. And there's, there's lots of nice places in Canada, but I think this is the best place in Canada right here. So we live in the best place, the best part of the best country in the whole world. From, from now and backward, I don't know what the future has, but from now and backward, do we like we have running water, hot running water? Most of us had hopefully had a shower or bath this morning or last night, you know, and we didn't have to go. Man, I hope we got hot water. You know, most of us, you know, maybe your hot water tank blew up or something, but we don't even really think about it. You know, we go to the light switch, click, lights come on. You know, we have power outages, but not that not that often. You know, we we have so much, and most of us. Most of us, I would just say, we, we do have to be careful what we eat, you know, or this, the, the, you know, the, the clothes have to be bought bigger and all that. And, and so we just, we live, we're, we're blessed beyond measure. Yet sometimes we walk around and think, man, I got this list of stuff that I, I just wish it was different. And okay, we, we have vision, we want to see things change, and it's great to have vision. But we need to have that gratitude part. And here's Abraham, he's going... A visitation, and this one isn't an angel. This one is Almighty God. And the Lord said to him, "Look, I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless you." And Abraham says, "What good are your blessings? You haven't given me a son. Uh, you've given me no children. Uh, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my house, will inherit all my wealth, and you've given me no descendants of my own. Weep, weep, gnash, gnash, teeth, teeth." 
The, verse 4, the Lord said, no, your servant will not be your heir. You will have your son of your own. And then he said to Abraham, look, go outside and look up in the sky and count the stars for me. He said, that is going to be how many descendants you will have. And Abraham, he had a revelation. I'm not talking about the fact that God spoke to him because he was kind of arguing with God. (laughs) I don't know if I would. I suppose I would. I'm no better than him. But Abraham, he had a revelation. Something happened, and he said, you know what he knew? He knew. He knew that this was right. And he had a gift of faith. And he had this faith, and he believed the Lord, the Bible says, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. And I, the, the subject today is hope. And it's a very, very simple message. And I wanted to talk to you about how God came in to these lives, these two lives, and the, the promise that came to Mary and the promise that came to Abraham actually relates as much to the church and to our future as it does to the people of Israel in those days. And uh, God's kingdom, certainly Jesus reigns uh, and rules. His kingdom includes, includes us, the church. It's not just the nation of Israel, but it's all people who believe and have embraced Jesus Christ. And I have a, a very, very simple message. I, that was all just, you know, the introduction. But the message I want, I, I want you to turn, if you have your Bible or your app, turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, or sorry, chapter 1, and verse 3. And uh, it, the first point of my, of my message is that we have, right now, we have a living hope. If you've embraced Jesus, if you've come to Christ and received him into your life, if you know God personally through Jesus Christ, we have a living hope. And in uh, 1 Peter 1, verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So we, we have this, we have been given an inheritance. Uh, we haven't received it yet, but we have been given this inheritance, and we have this living hope through the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, we can know we can know. Isn't that a wonderful sound? You know, when, when babies cry, they're not being bad. They're actually just either, you know, in pain or hungry or whatever, and that's what moms do. But when, when we come to know Jesus Christ, we, have been, we receive and we have been given birth into a living hope. We can be right with God and know it. You know, that is, it, there's probably only one question that is the very most ultimate question that we can have, and that is this, am I okay? And it's not, am I okay with me? Am I okay with my spouse? Am I okay with my friends? Am I okay with God Almighty? That, that question, is there a more important question for people than that? And through Jesus Christ, we have this hope. We've been baptized. Or we have been born into this hope 
in Jesus Christ, and we can know that we're right with God or not. And that is just so awesome. And that is, that is like the foundation of our hope. The second thing that is wonderful about this, this living hope right now is that we can experience God's presence. You know, I, I would dare to say that every one of us here in this room have experienced something supernatural with God. You've either come to understand Jesus, you've come to believe in Him, maybe you feel like He's led you to do something and, and you know it was the right thing, maybe you've had a, a, a healing, you've had an experience with God. What, why don't I just ask you, how many here can say, yeah, at some time in my life I have experienced God, I've heard His voice, i felt His presence, I've, I've, I've found him. I've, I've seen him. I've experienced him in my life. Like this is a miracle. And we can know Jesus. I remember when my life was just, I felt like my life was just falling apart. And the very miraculous comfort of God came into my life. And I experienced a very powerful comfort from heaven. And there's those times are precious when we know, but it's, it's something like, you know, when we pray, you've probably prayed this morning, most of us. And, you know, when we pray, we're not just rehearsing and reciting uh, something for, a, you know, a, a play in the future. <laughs> you know, we're not talking to the wall. We're not just, you know, talking to ourselves. We're actually speaking to Almighty God. Amazing. We can know His presence. And He will bring us satisfaction. And when I say satisfaction, I, I mean, Jesus said, I, uh, my, purpose in, my, my purpose for you is I'm going to give you right, I'm going to give you life, uh, a rich and satisfying life. That is what one of the translators uh, says. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. We have this hope right now. But I want to talk to you about where we are setting our hope. Because there's times when, in spite of the fact we have this hope, like Abraham, we're saying, God, I know you're blessing me, but what I really want is that. I'm, not, I'm just pointing to nothing over here, okay? There's nothing over there. I'm just pointing. <laughs> That's what I do. If I put my hand in my pocket, I can't even talk anymore. And he's going, oh, man, that would not be good. So... What I'm wondering is, where are we setting our hope? Are we setting our hope for this life? I want things to work out in the here and now. I, I want things to work out in my health. I want things to work out in my family. I want things to work out in my relationships. I want a spouse. I, you know, there's all these different things. Most of those things are really good. But where are we putting our hope? That's the question. And just a bit later on in 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 13, it says this. And now this is, I, I, hope, I hope this is actually going to encourage us. This is my intention, and I believe God's intention. With our minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. See, the, the word advent, it means... It means uh, appearing, and uh, it, it means coming, actually. 
and we know about the first coming of Christ. And sometimes we can take that for granted. And in spite of the fact that we've received Christ, sometimes our lives aren't, just aren't the way we were hoping. But where are we hoping? Are we hoping for our effort? If I just worked a little bit harder, if I just prayed, if I had my devotions every day, then I'd really feel like a good Christian. We can't put our hope in what we can do. We can't put our hope in that next job or, or, or the circumstances of life. We have to put our hope in something bigger. Fun. I hope it's somewhat interesting for you. But I believe the teaching of Scripture is so helpful because if we set our hope on the grace that will come at the appearing of Jesus Christ, we will never be disappointed. There are so many of, of us in, in the Christian church that are really disappointed with God in many ways. Some, I know, dozens, maybe hundreds, I'm aware of, that really are, are just living in that basically hopeless condition. Even though they believe in Jesus, they believe that he died on the cross for their sins, they believe that he rose from the dead, and they've embraced all that, but they still don't have that hope because the circumstances of life and all the things that people sing about out there in the modern culture, and it, it's fine, but there's something bigger to look, and we should set our focus and set our hope on things eternal. That's where we set our hope. And we sang about that this morning, in spite of the fact that life sometimes is difficult, we, we, we look to Christ and we say, God is so good. Amen. Uh, Corinthians, it says, you know, if only, if in this life, if that's the only place we had hope, we would be of all people to be pitied because as Christians, we've given up a lot. We've sacrificed for Jesus. But in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, there's one more slide here. Uh, scripture, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 24. And it says, the end will come when Jesus will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all of his enemies beneath his feet. This is a process right now. And the, the kingdom of God is now, but it's not yet. It's not, God isn't finished yet. History hasn't finished yet. There's better things to come. And it might not always be in this life. There's a lot of people that are dying today because of their faith. And there's all kinds of trouble all around. It's not over yet. There's a future coming, and when Jesus has finished all of those things and has put all things under his feet, then the last enemy to be destroyed will be death. And there is that process. And death will be swallowed up in victory, and all the wrongs. Here it is on, on slide 11, if I can. Sorry, I'm just going to close with this here. He, he'll set the wrong things right. He will judge the world in righteousness. He'll settle the score of all the wrongs done to you, and he will never forget all the good things that you have done. There's a day coming. There's something to put our hope in. 
We can have hope. We have hope in Jesus Christ. We have. We can know that we're right with God. We can know God's presence in our lives today. Those blessings come. And if we're still feeling like Abraham, I got all these blessings, but this is what I really want. We got to move our finger a little higher and say, God, I'm going to be looking to you. I'm putting my hope in you and not in all of my new experiences and all my all the things I'm dreaming about, my trips here and there, and all the things in life that are so cool and so wonderful. That's fine. But what I really put my trust in is God Almighty and the future hope that I have with him. And so when we talk about hope, it's not just wishful thinking. Well, I hope it doesn't rain. Listen, good luck with that. We live in a rainforest, okay? We can hope it doesn't rain all day. But the thing of, I hope it doesn't rain all day. <laughs> but that isn't what we're talking about with hope. Hope is something very strong. It's like the Bible says it's an anchor for our life. And it gives us something to cling to in the time of trouble. And when life is really good, we don't hope in all those good things. We hope in Jesus. We hope in Jesus Christ. He is our rock. And he's the one that's looking after us. And, and nothing will take us out of his hand. Let's just pray together for a moment. Can we do that? And we are going to maybe just get ready for communion if we can just do that too at the same time, those that are serving. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus. Lord, nothing compares, nothing compares to the promise that we have in you. Lord, you said right now what you are doing, besides having our back with the Father, you're preparing a place for us so that when you come again, you can be with us because you love us. You want us. You want us. You want me. God, it's, it's amazing love. It's amazing grace. How beautiful, how sweet the sound. Yes, Lord. Amen. I just want to uh, ask you here today, one of the things I mentioned about hope is that we can know, we can know that we're right with God. And I don't know everyone here today, and I want to give opportunity. The Bible says that anyone who will receive Christ and who will believe in him and put their trust in him, those are the ones that have the authority to be called the daughters and sons of God. And today, I'm, I want to ask you, if I assume most most here believe in Jesus, and that's part of what's needed, but we also need to receive him. We need to embrace. It's like if I, if I was given a, a, you know, if I was given a glass of, of water or a water bottle, and someone said, well, you have it, and I do, I believe that this water will satisfy my thirst. I, I believe it's really good, it's clean, it's what I need. But I don't have it until, I, well, I have it in my hand, but it's not really doing me much good until I receive it. Thank you. Thank you, dear. That's all I needed. But when I receive Jesus, I embrace him in my life, and I make a declaration, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be a person who follows Jesus now. And maybe you, that experience has never happened to you where you've actually taken that step from 
One, two, I'm embracing this now. I'm embracing this now. And so if you're here today and you've never done that, and you don't really have any intention of doing that, please don't participate in our in our communion time. But if perhaps you're here and you've really, you've never received Jesus, you believe, of course, but you've never really made that personal commitment to Christ, this is your opportunity right now. And so I would like to ask you, to just when, when you take the communion, just say to yourself and to, to God, He knows your thoughts. Just say, you know, God, I'm here. I believe in you, and I'm receiving you. I'm receiving you. And you can even use the communion symbols that we have. The bread represents the body of Christ that was broken for you and me. The cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed. And it's through the death of Jesus on the cross that sin can be forgiven. And it's through his work on Calvary, his life was great, but his death and resurrection is where the power is. And it's that truth and that experience and that act that Jesus did that creates that opportunity for us to be embraced by God and to embrace him. So today, as, as we do this, uh, celebrate this communion, we are remembering Christ, of course. But let's mix our faith with this. And perhaps you've been walking with Jesus for many years like myself. It's a good time where I'm renewing my covenant with God. My, I'm renewing my commitment. I'm saying, God, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I'm receiving you new and fresh. I, I want to live for God. All right, so as, as you're being served, just take a, a piece of bread and take a cup and just hold it until everybody's been served, if you would, please. Thank you very much. Our Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty, through coming of Jesus was so longed for by the people of God when he came 
he was born in this place in, in Bethlehem, grew up in Nazareth. He just didn't, he wasn't what people were expecting. He died on the cross and the people said, oh, he rose from the dead. What a, what a story. But that's the story of, of Jesus and he, he brought life to us. He came and, and he created this opportunity for us to have a new covenant with God through Jesus Christ. Everyone can know Jesus. It just comes by our, uh, our re- really, our belief and our receiving of him. And so today, again, I just encourage you, let's believe in Jesus. We're singing this song, I believe, I believe this, I believe that. It's so good. But there's that experience that God wants us to have with him too, that, that embracing of who Jesus is. So just like we partake and eat of this bread, we partake of Jesus. Jesus said, this, this is my body that was broken for you. This is, this is the body of Christ that was broken for you. Take it and eat it in the name of the Lord. give you thanks. One of the nicknames of this cup is a cup of blessing. It's a cup that represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. It's a new arrangement. It's a new deal. It's, it's a new way of relating to God. We don't focus on what we can do, but we focus on what Jesus did. And that is the foundation for our hope that, that we have this experience with Christ. And so as Jesus said, he took the cup and he said, take this cup and drink this. And as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. Let's receive this cup right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's just sing this song with thanksgiving. Our judge and our defender suffered and
salvation and fountain of hope. May he fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Amen. Amen. May God bless you. Thank you for being here. We have people that will pray with you at the front if you would like personal prayer. We have coffee on. We're very, very glad that you're here. Come along next week and we'll be talking more about God's peace. And uh, we'll trust the Lord together. Maybe bring someone along with you. Watch those sign-up sheets on the way out too if you would. Thank you.